What's up, everybody? I want to welcome you to the Revivinary Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Warren. Today's podcast will be the very first podcast we've ever recorded, so here goes nothing. First off, let us give a brief explanation of what our purpose is here. I've often struggled with issues that people have with biblical content, questions that they have that they just don't feel like they're really getting answers to. It's so easy, so, so easy to just give puff piece answers and give denominational bylines to people and tell them this is just how it is. But what happens when the perception of people does not line up with the principle of Scripture? It's in those moments that people's questions, well, unfortunately, often just get shot down, buried, underneath of a barrage of accusations such as you're just being rebellious. You're just being a troublemaker. Oh, you're just trying to stir things up. You need to just accept the truth as we tell it to you. Well, if it's not the truth of the Bible, it doesn't matter who's telling it. It's not true. And no matter how hard you try to make it true, it never will be. I want to try as best I can to help bring what we like to refer to as clarity to those questions that people have that they just don't seem to get the answers that they need. It's not an attempt to undermine or to call into question the validity or the ability of others. It's just simply an attempt on our part to to do all that we really humanly can to try to bring truth to life and to answer questions with not just knowledge, but with the wisdom of the Word. Now, to begin that process, the first thing we have to all agree on is that the Bible is true. Not only is the Bible true, but it is true in its entirety. And from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is giving us the answers to the questions of life, Now, obviously, as a sidebar here, there are always going to be questions in life that we, well, that we just grapple with, such as the loss of a loved one, why did certain things happen, and in those moments, it's not really a question of giving people an answer as to why it happened, as much as it is to say, During those times in life when you don't know what's happened, why it happened, we just accept that God is sovereign and knows what He's doing, and in time, it'll make sense. It doesn't make sense now, but in time, as we grow and as we mature in the Word, then we will begin to understand things better and better. That doesn't mean that we ever really understand why it happened. We always ask God, why did you take this or them or or this thing away? 
but we rest in and are assured in the fact that God is not only sovereign, but He's merciful and He's loving, and everything has a purpose. Now, with with that sidebar completed, I, I want to want to get back to what we um, what we truly intend to do here, which is to provide answers to questions about the Word, answers about doctrinal theological questions about the Word. When it comes to those questions, there most certainly are definitive answers contained in Scripture. Sometimes that answer involves us going from Genesis to Revelation and putting together all of the information that the Word provides us and the descriptions and the details and all of the various fundamental tidbits of information that all combine together to give us our answer. I want to read to you from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Paul tells Timothy, who of course is like a spiritual son to Paul, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In verse 16 he says, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. When Paul uses the word approved here, what he is saying is that Timothy would be one who would have the, quote, approval of God, meaning that his words would not be contrary to what God was saying. Or, to say it another way, Paul is encouraging Timothy, imploring him, if you will, to always make sure that he is not just taking a verse out of context. Does that sound familiar? Consider our society today. We love to talk about how we believe in Jesus or we believe in God, but yet we do the very things he says not to do, therefore proving that we are not, quote, approved of God because we don't approve of what God has said, nor does what we say find his approval. What Paul is telling Timothy is to make sure that he not only listens to one verse and then tries to build his theology around it, but rather that he takes the context of the whole Bible in his mind when he begins to speak or to teach. Would it not be very good for us today if all of our teachers and preachers were to make sure that they did not take anything out of context, but rather that every single word they were speaking from the pulpit would be one that is backed up with not just a surface-level understanding, but with the deep and thorough knowledge of the whole of the Word of God. When Paul tells Timothy to be a good workman, what he's referring to is building. We as believers, particularly those who are called into ministry, are called to be builders or workers, those who build up the kingdom, those who work to shore up that which is broken, to correct that which is in error, and to solidify that which we know to be true. Paul tells Timothy, be a good workman that does not need to be ashamed. What an awful place it would be if we did not take into consideration the effects of our words as pastors, teachers, preachers, etc. 
I am of the opinion that that is, unfortunately, to our detriment, the case of many who claim to be those called by God. We go out and we say things that we don't think through, and the things that we have thought through, we've not thought them through under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, certainly not for the purposes of building the kingdom of God, but rather we have thought them through to see if they are beneficial and prosperous to us and to us alone. When Paul tells Timothy not to be one of those people, he goes on and makes a reference to Hymenius and Philetus, where he says, Their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. If you go back to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16, Paul says to shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. To give our context of what Paul is saying here, we have to look closely at what he is making a reference to. He's making a reference to these two men who have gone about teaching that the resurrection has already passed. What does that mean? That means that they were teaching that, one, we were already in the millennial reign of Christ, or two, that there would be no further resurrection of the dead past those who had resurrected with Jesus after he resurrected, as recorded in Matthew 27, verses 50 through 53. As we go forward in our podcast, I actually will go back and explain what exactly the resurrection is and how the resurrection plays out in the different various phases that it, that it occurs. But for today's study, I want to focus on the fact that these, these two men were teaching an error. Had they known the Scripture, had they studied the Word thoroughly, they would have understood their error and obviously would not have participated in it. So what Paul is saying to Timothy is, Timothy, do not be like these two men, as an example. Do not be like these two men who have erred from the truth and have overthrown the faith of some. Be as a good workman who is not overthrowing the faith of anybody, but rather one who is establishing the faith of another. Not that you yourself are the one personally establishing their faith, but rather that you are one who is coming alongside of and shoring it up. Our faith is in Christ and Christ alone, and it is through the teaching and the preaching of the Word that we mature, are pruned, and are grown through the active work of the Holy Spirit working through the individual who is called to pastor and teach. One of the things that Paul wants to make sure that Timothy does not do is one of the things that is happening so prevalently in our society today, and that is for one to build using their own tools, techniques, ideas, instead of following the blueprint of the one who knows what to do. Think of it as like a construction site. Wouldn't it be awful if the foreman of the, of the crew told his workers exactly what to do and exactly how to do it, because he has the knowledge and the foresight to understand how the process works. Now imagine if they go along behind him and say, you know, 
I don't like what he said. I think that's dumb. I don't think that's necessary. I don't think that'll work. I think my way is better than his way. Now, sometimes there are places where there can be understanding that is gained from different ages and different generations, particularly in prophecy, where we understand things differently now because of advancements in technology and such. But none of that changes the truth of what God's Word records and what it says. Here's the problem. We have a lot of people that are trying to do it their own way. They throw in their opinion, their tradition, their ideologies, their philosophies, and they want to implement those things in the place of the unchangeable, immutable Word of God. Where we run into error is when we think we know better than what the Word says, and typically that is based off of our desire to be liked and to be celebrated by those around us. One of the most difficult parts of being a pastor, a teacher of the Word, is knowing that you are inevitably going to have to go against the grain of what other people think and feel. It is not something that I take lightly. It's certainly not something that I'm going to shy away from either. I get no personal joy or thrill out of getting into someone's uh, errors and trying to correct them. It is not something that I take lightly. I do not just simply dive in and start telling people where they're wrong. I try to do so in a manner that is conducive to growth and to maturity instead of just a, a fist fight in the parking lot. But sometimes there are just things that are wrong and they have to be confronted as wrong. And I, I just I have to accept the fact that someone may not like what I just said. But I rest on and I trust on the promise that it is not my word, it is His word. And regardless of how they treat me or how they respond to what I say, I have to continue to make sure that I am seeking the approval of God and not the approval of man. Again, with that being said, I am also not going about trying my best to upset people, make people mad, just to prove that I'm big and bad and tough and stuff. What I am trying to do is to correct for the purpose of continued development and growth, not for the purpose of putting a notch on my, my gun to say that I knocked someone down. It is for the purpose of lifting them up. Discipline and correction are not the weapons of the church. Discipline and correction are the tools that God has given us to make ourselves more productive for His service. Now, when Paul tells Timothy to make sure that he is a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing word of truth, I am not a fan of mathematics. I do. I love words. I don't really like numbers. One thing I can tell you, though, is that here Paul is most definitely making a mathematical um, assertion. What he is saying is you have to be able, as a pastor, as a teacher of the Word, you have to be able to take in a large amount of information and to process that information and to be able to come up with the correct sum. The Bible is not a bunch of mismatched 
parts. This is an intricate puzzle that all fits together. You cannot force a puzzle piece into a place it does not belong. You cannot leave a piece out and not put it where it belongs. You cannot create your own pieces. You must use all of the pieces that are there in the Word, allow them to fit together properly, and then reveal the picture that God has, that He has designed through His Word. We, oh, we make a big mistake when we try to venture into inserting our opinions our traditions or our ideologies or philosophies in the place of the Word of God. This is where a whole lot of confusion and a whole lot of error in the church world comes from. We have churches that are built solely on the premise of one person's ideology. We have churches that are controlled by families who want to make sure that their traditions are upheld. We have churches that are filled with people who lean to one side of the political aisle or another and demand that their politics take the forefront in the church instead of the message, the gospel, the truth of the word. When we do so, we create an environment that is uncontrollably chaotic, it is absolutely uh, nihilistic. There is no hope for any life or for any, any growth of any kind other than negative growth, or as the Bible would refer to as weeds or, or tares in the wheat. There is an error. There is an awful, awful error that takes place in the church that refuses to let the Word of God all on its own be the course be the guide, be what leads, and be our only and final authority on all, all doctrinal, theological, biblical questions and issues. So that leads me to the point of this podcast. I know there's a lot of error out there. I know because I've grown up in church. I've been, I've literally been in church all my life, and I've seen it all, and I've heard it all, as they say. And it is my desire, my, my passion to be able to help clarify errors and issues that people have had to endure or have had to um, suffer from. One thing I, I want to bring out before we, we close out our podcast is this. I know that there are people who have invested incredible amounts of time into a local church they have gone there thinking, if I just stick it out, if I just hold on, then everything that I see that are red flags when I get there will somehow work themselves out. It's like the woman who marries an abusive man and she thinks that there's somehow um, there's some way that she can change him. For years, people will suffer in churches where they're not being fed, where they're not being taught, where they're not being guided correctly, where they're being taught tradition, 
where they invest themselves and think um, that, that, that this is the way to this is the way to overcome these these issues that I see. I just need to become a part of it and understand it and get involved. And the more I get involved, the then I'll get closer to the truth and I'll find out that that all of these things that I see that are problems are not really problems at all. Or we try to disguise the red flags that we see by saying, well, that's just that's just human nature. That's just the way uh, life is. It's, it's not going to be that bad once I get involved and get invested. And then once they're invested, they find out, well, they can't change the, they can't change things. And now they deal with unbelievable amounts of regret and shame, and they feel like they've wasted years of their life, and they become angry, they become bitter, they become angry and, and, and sour, and they don't want anything to do with church at all. And it's my hope that those folks will listen to these podcasts because I was one of those people. And on the other side of that bitterness, I have found the sweetness of the Lord, and it's my desire that they will do so as well. I want to encourage everyone, if you would, to share this this podcast with your family, with your friends. Let them know where to find it. Point it out to them. Send them the link. Make sure that they are not only aware of it, but encourage them to listen along with you and discuss the topics that we bring for discussion. And I pray that everything that we do and all that we do with this podcast will serve to bring clarity to the biblical issues that people have struggled with for years and years and years. At times, yes, it will be somewhat confrontational and controversial because the hearer will have to face the truth that what they have believed or what they have been taught is an error. To be an error is not fatal. To choose to stay there is. When light shines in darkness, those in the darkness have to make a decision. Will they follow the light or will they stay where they are? Jesus said, Light came into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. When you see the error, when the Word of God confronts the error that you have believed, Do not be one of those people that refuses to come to the light, but rather be one who runs to it knowing that it is the door to freedom, it is the gateway to liberty, and it is the only hope that you and I have. And thank God, Jesus still shines His light in this world, and He says He does it through us. Now be one of those people that brings light, that brings clarity, into the darkness of error in this world. Do not further propagate the the teaching of error or the promotion of it, but rather be one who stands against it by standing firmly in the only truth that we have in this world. And that is his recorded word from Genesis to Revelation. And all of it is true. Do you believe that? Do you believe that his word is true? If so, then do not believe anything that is contrary to what His Word says, no matter how popular it may seem in our culture, our society, or unfortunately, in our churches today.
I'm looking forward to many more podcasts with you guys. Be sure and share this podcast with your family, your friends. Let them know about it, and we'll see you guys next time.